Welcome to the Willow Ridge Sermons Podcast. This is where you can find audio from Sunday morning messages and more. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss future episodes, and thanks for listening. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, please join me in Genesis chapter 20 is where we're going to be this morning. We will drift over into 21 as well, but primarily uh, Genesis 20. Um, I got a couple business things that I want to share with you guys. Uh, typically, you're like on oh, business stuff, but I think this is exciting business things that I want to share about with what's going on um, in our church, areas that you can pray for, um, areas that you can connect to um, also for, for ministry. Uh, uh, the first one that I want to talk about is this Thursday. Um, I and a team of, of all in total of 10 people will be leaving. Now, I'm going to tell you, let's pause there for a second. I woke up this morning, went outside, cranked up my truck, or my wife's car. I actually drove it this morning. Started rolling down the road, and I looked at that number on the dash, and it said 48 degrees. And as a chubby fella, that was just good, you know? Like, I might not sweat that much today. This Thursday, I'll be taking nine people with me to India, where it will not be 48 (laughs) degrees. Registering 94 was the high today. But we're excited about it. I want to encourage you to pray for us. In our partnership with Bible Fellowship of India, uh, we're we're trying to to explore and grow and understand how uh, we, uh, as Willow Ridge Church, and, and, and them as Bible Fellowship of India, can not only mobilize our church to serve in areas um, that, that we are in India, but then also how can we uh, empower other churches to serve. So we have a, a test team. We're we're excited about it, uh, but, but going for the first time to do some different ministry um, in, the, in the school that we're partnered with as uh, well in India. So I want to encourage you to be praying for the team as we go. Uh, so just kind of a snapshot of, of mostly of what our ministry is going to look like. Um, like I said, we're going to be in their school, which is preschool through 12th grade. We've got four areas of study that we're going to come in and, and, and bring uh, so that this school can help grow uh, their academic profile uh, of what they offer and what they're able to do. For our young uh, elementary preschool through fifth grade, they're going to be working on primary literacy, reading in English and doing different activities with that, as well as uh, growing in different areas of music and, and, and all the different things that will, will come with that. So we got a group of people that are excited about doing music and reading and, and teaching and doing all those things for the younger grades. And then for the older, so sixth through twelfth grade, um, we're going to be doing like an introduction to nursing um, for a lot of the kids there, uh, much more so uh, even at an earlier age than than our kids. There's an emphasis by the time they get to high school to to know what they want to do with their life. And so uh, a wonderful wonderful profession like nursing in the medical field, we're going to give them that opportunity to kind of explore and see if this would be something that they would like to do. Um, So we'll be providing that. And then also um, this school is looking to grow uh, so that more People will want to come to their school. This is a Christian school in a largely, and, and by largely, about 98% uh, non-Christian context. 
And so uh, what we're looking to do is help them I- expand uh, their athletic program as well. And so we're going to be bringing over the wonderful American sport of basketball, which is, which is known in India, but, but largely not played. And so we'll have a, 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 a group of, of people that'll be there that, to be teaching them basketball and doing that. And then, and then with that, what we're also excited about is, is two of our people that are going are gonna be leading. One's gonna be doing a coaches clinic where, where other coaches, other basketball coaches from the area will be able to come in and learn more about drills and get some wonderful items to, to help them as they look to grow their teams. And then one of our individuals as well will be doing a teacher development with the teachers there at the school who don't have the opportunity to do a lot of the continuing education th- that we have. And so it, it's a wonderful as this Christian school is looking to influence um, lives for the sake of the gospel in the community. And so we've got the wonderful uh, privilege to be able to come alongside them and partner with, with doing that. Um, while we're there, we'll also be doing some preaching and teaching um, in a church and at a Bible college, um, as well as uh, leading worship um, and even doing a concert. So I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm going to sing in the concert. Um, the team doesn't know that, um, but I've been practicing. And so I've got dance moves and lyrics that I'm ready, um, and I'm going to introduce them to Christian rap done by this guy, right? Uh, so, so that's what we're going to do. That will not be live stream at all at all we have though been working and I've had the request of can we go on a camel ride and so we're working out those details of a camel ride and maybe even an elephant ride If that happens, there will be pictures that I will take of everyone else doing that, all right? So you'll have that on them and and not on me. But but, but pray for us uh, as we travel. Um, Pray for us as we're ministering. Um, Pray for us as we're doing all of the things and just looking to encourage the believers that are there, train them, and and again, to help uh, expand the influence that this ministry has in in areas where it's hard for us to fathom. But, But literally, this is not an exaggeration. But we will be speaking and ministering to people who have never heard the name of Jesus, much less know that life and salvation is found in him and him alone. All right, so I want to encourage you to pray for us about that. Uh, secondly, since I will not be here next Sunday, we got an announcement that we can connect you with, but I wanted to speak to it, uh, that on Sunday, November 19th, I want you to mark that date on your calendar, Sunday, November 19th, uh, will be our Mission Sunday. Several years ago, we started that uh, here at Willow Ridge Church of having a Sunday that we dedicate, and, and we've been growing that and, and looking what that could look like in our, in our context. And this year, as we sat back and kind of looked and saw what God was doing, there was a, just a wonderful opportunity for us to expand that. So on that Sunday, you'll, you'll want to be here. We're going to have five different um, missionaries and missionary organizations that are going to be represented um, here with us. So a little snapshot of, of what that day will, will look like. Um, that morning, oh, I'm sorry, so our guest that day, let me, let me say that first. Our guest that day will have Dr. Sam John, will, will be here from India. We'll have uh, Daryl Cheeks, will be here from the Philippines. 
Uh, Johnny Rumbo will be here from Lexington Baptist Association. And if, and if you're just wondering that, Johnny and his team are doing a wonderful job in church revitalization in our community. And we partner with them to help strengthen churches because what we understand is one church cannot reach all of the people who live in this area. And so we cooperate together with other local bodies to, to empower other churches so that when churches grow and the gospel is shared, it, it's a win for the kingdom, which means it's a win for us. And so Johnny's going to be here with us um, that evening sharing with us about that. Rodney Ogle from Black Mountain Children's Home will be with us as well. Our, our sixth through twelfth graders definitely know who Rodney is. And when he walks in, like I, he's not this tall, but it looks like all seven foot of him comes through the door. Um, and and you'll, you'll know Rodney's a great guy. But then, but then also, and to speak to some of the things you just heard, um, Walter Valencia and his wife Veronica will be here. Uh, they're sort of a new uh, official partnership with us. In our announcement, we said that we're formalizing this, this partnership with them um, in New York City, specifically in Queens. Walter pastors uh, Iglesia Bautista Nueva Vida. Uh, Berger and I have been practicing that all week. Um, that's New Life Baptist Church, all right? Um, and reaching a his Hispanic community that is there in Queens, and God's doing a wonderful work. Last year at Coats for the City, when we've done that, I, I believe, for three years, um, we had a team that went up, and they just got placed with Walter. And they met Walter and his wife and his team and fell in love with him. And everyone who came back was like within like five days, is like, Bo, you've got to meet Walter. You've got to meet Walter. You've got to meet Walter. And so I, I went up to New York and met Walter, and we talked. And so we are going to be uh, growing uh, that partnership from, from Coats and, uh, for the city to much more than that. And so we're excited. And so he's going to be here uh, that evening as, as well to be able to share all of the things that are going on in his church. And so you can ask questions. So that's the guest list of, of who will be here that day on November 19th. Here's what the, the day is going to look like. That morning, um, Dr. Sam will, will preach uh, during our service. He's preached here before. It does a wonderful job as he's going to dive into scripture and teach us from scripture. And then that evening, uh, he as well as all of the other missionaries uh, will be back here at our church and you're invited back at five o'clock for a dinner. Now here's how you can help us and here's where this goes, okay? This, this evening, it is a ticketed event and so next Sunday we'll announce that you can get tickets through our website. Now, we'll have a dinner that night. The cost is $5 per person, all right? So let me, let me kind of break this down. I got a Big Mac value meal a few weeks ago. It cost me twelve dollars. I don't know why y'all laughing that hard at me. We're gonna feed you for five. All right. Now here's what we're doing with that money. We through our tithes and offerings are gonna provide the meal. Okay. The the ticket helps us know how many we need to plan for, and then all of the money, one hundred percent, every five dollars that's spent per person is going straight to missions on the mission fields, okay? So all that we give, all that you do, so you're going to get your belly full for five bucks, and then all of that is going to go. Then we're going to have times that evening for, for large group sharing where missionaries can, can speak to the group as a whole. We're going to have small group breakouts where you can go in rooms to learn more and to be able to ask questions and, and to dialogue and do that. We're going to have a, a time for our children's ministry is going to be talking with them with some of the missionaries and their, and their spouses 
and, and then our youth are gonna be built in that as well. So it is a completely uh, family-friendly night that we wanna encourage you uh, to be a part of starting at five o'clock on November the 19th. We want you to be there. Now, at the end of the night, let's speak some love language, all right? At the end of the night, we're gonna have a dessert fellowship time. Yes, and amen together to that, right? And so we're gonna have a dessert fellowship time. What we're gonna ask is that evening, if you're able to, that you bring a dessert with you, and then we're gonna share that. And then all of our missionaries will be in here. They'll have items from their, from their ministry, um, and, and you can interact with them. You can ask questions. You can do different things. And so just a wonderful, it's not all of the missionaries that we partner with, but just a wonderful snapshot of, of these different uh, missionaries. Uh, God, we, we didn't plan to have this many here, but God just started making ways for us to have this. And we were sitting there as a staff and like, it would be crazy if we did not use this for the kingdom so that you can see and so that we can see that this is even just a snapshot from India to the Philippines, to, to New York, to, to North Carolina, to, to right here in your own backyard, our own backyard, of how God is, is, is working and how we have a wonderful opportunity to be a part of that, okay? So I want you to, to, to be a part of that evening um, with us. Also, please coats for the city. Um, this, every year people ask, like, how are we giving for, for like a Christmas gift for those, for, for others? And so we've tried to, to bring that into a central point for us. And so that is coats for the city. That is happening now. Want to encourage you to do that. Um, all coat sizes, right? There will be kids, uh, men, women, um, that, that need these, and so, so be collecting those. Clean out your closet. You probably have too many just like I do, and, and we can get that. Um, if, if you want to go out and purchase some of those, that would be welcomed as well, and just want to have an opportunity for you to do that. And then last not least, Pastor Dave talked about this, connect in, in the studies as, as we continue to go. I've enjoyed it. I know so many of you have as well, and, and we want to continue on with that, all right? Um, as we get into our message this morning, um, have you ever, in leadership, whether it's leading your family, whether it's leading at work, whether it's leading a, a sports team or, or anything, have you ever had to repeat yourself? Right? You have. You've had. You, you've had to repeat yourself. And, and I'll tell you, like, if I ever hear this phrase directed at me, I've said this before to you. What is coming to me is something of, of importance. Of, of important enough to acknowledge that it's been said, but to acknowledge that it's important enough to say it again. Oftentimes when we read God's word, we, we find those moments. In fact, um, I've taught a class before on, on very specifically how to read God's word. And one of the exercises that we do is we find a passage of scripture and we read through that and we find very specifically repeti repetition of words that are there. So that's a, a, that's a quick freebie this morning. If you read and you're like, man, holy is mentioned repeatedly throughout this. Well, there's a reason for that. That's a word that we need to pay attention to. Our passage this morning in Genesis 20 is, is very similar, not exact, but it's very similar to, to a passage of Scripture that we read in Genesis chapter 12. And so as we, as we go for this this morning, as, as we dive in, there's that piece for me that just kind of pauses 
Because God in his sovereignty, God in his power, God as, as he communicates to us through the words of his scripture, there, there, there can be times where we, we can read passages and go, well, I've heard that before, or I've heard something similar before, and kind of check out, and God's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, I've told you this before, and I'm gonna say it again. I've told you this before, and I'm gonna say it again. So as we read through this, kind of feel that, I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again from the Lord, all right? So let's start, uh, Genesis chapter 20. We're gonna start in verse one. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory in the Geb and lived between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Very similar to what happened in Egypt in Genesis 12. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Right? Bad dream to have. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I've done this. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die you and all who are yours. So let's pause there for a second. Are these similarities that come back from Genesis 12 to to Genesis 20? In our study of scripture, we we see this with Abraham where we can can look at Abraham like we did over the last several weeks in the situation with with Abraham and Lot, the situation with with Abraham and Sodom in in these pieces. And we can find these men and women of faith like Abraham as we read through scripture. And and, and scripture does a beautiful job of, of painting a picture for them of what it looks like to walk in holiness to the Lord and and calling us to things uh, in that, how we should respond similarly. But if we're not careful, these people that we study about can end up being the object of the reason why we read what we read. And they become the standard and not the Lord. And so what God does beautifully in this, in, 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 in the, the dialogue where we get with, with Abraham, it's this, this journey of radical obedience at the very beginning of Genesis chapter 12 to radical disobedience later in Genesis chapter 12, and it's back where we find ourselves. In Genesis 20, Genesis 19, he's the hero in Genesis chapter 20, it's like, are, are, are you kidding me? 
And I think what we're gonna see here is, is, is in Abraham, there's this conflict that's in him that is a conflict within many of us. That in one area or in multiple areas of my life, I'm locked into being this spiritual stronghold, this spiritual leader, this person of spiritual maturity. But in other situations, I don't show the same strength, the same character, the same integrity, the same obedience, the same love for the Lord. And what we see in this is how this ripples out in his life. And so what I want us to, to look at here is, is Abraham, where, where one chapter or, or two chapters ago, he can be the man that prays for the Lord to not wipe out everyone and pleads for the salvation of a people whose wickedness, Scripture says, is great and grave. And now a man who for the second time sells out his wife for his own sake. And so we see this ripple effect of this behavior and then how it begins to spread. And so as we think about this in this context, let's, let's look at this and we see first, we see this ripple of sin is numbness. This is what's gonna come out from Abraham. This is the second time that this happens. Have you ever, let me use an example. Have you ever lied? And then right when you do it, you go, why did I just do that? Maybe it was, in the exaggeration of a story. Maybe it was in taking credit for something that someone else did. Maybe it was an opportunity where partial truth in your mind was good enough. So why not tell the, the partial truth instead of telling the whole truth? Or in a moment where you think to yourself, if I completely tell what's going on, then I'm gonna live in, in a reality of that only to realize that that's not the case at all. You're probably, I, absolutely, I've, I've done that. And there's other areas of our life where we commit sin and then we look back in the moment oftentimes and we wonder, why did I just do that? And that can be so much of the danger of sin. It's not that we're going out from here and robbing a bank, but it's that we're going out from here and in a passive aggressive way, sharing a small piece of gossip, which really isn't that big a deal about the person who sat next to me this morning to a person that knows them. And I just want to kind of share this. And by the way, I'm gonna do it under the guise, would you pray for them? And what happens is the more and more we do that, the more and more we suppress the spirit in us that's commanding us to be holy and the more and more that the sin becomes normal. And we just become numb. So why did Abraham do this? And he did it before. 
And in spite of before, seeing what God would do, he does it again. You know, there's the hardness of the heart that we can begin to experience when we allow sin to to be more and to be more and to be more and to be more of who we are, even as God's people. And we become numb to it. In Abraham's life, what we see in this passage of Scripture is a a ripple effect of of sin is, is in the devaluation of others. There's a couple of aspects that that I want us to to see before this, but you can see these aspects even in what happened before in the very first marriage in in Genesis chapter 2. That you see that Abraham has here with his wife, Sarah. In Genesis chapter 2, the the gift that that God gives Adam, the gift of of Eve, the gift of marriage that they have in this moment. And in that moment, and what we see here as well with Sarah, is the marriage, the spouse, the bride is devalued. And in that moment, what she becomes in this moment, as God has dealt with, with, with Abraham and Sarah before, right? God's blessing of Sarah is God's blessing of Abraham in this. And in this moment, in here, what Sarah becomes is not one of value, but she becomes property and not a partner. In this moment, she becomes a liability and not an asset. In this moment with Abraham, she becomes an object, not a person. No, 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 that's not. That's not my wife. Why does he say that? Because he is who he's most worried about. In my concern as we look at this and this this dynamic plays out in multiple ways in our life but when the ripple effect of sin becomes to be what we devalue others in our life we take others to places that they were never intended to be in our life in marriage and in the picture that we give from scripture the picture is not the husband before and the wife behind. The picture of marriage is not the wife ahead and the husband lagging behind. The picture of the marriage that God ordains is husband and wife, man and woman, side by side. And Abraham has shown a pattern in his life of devaluing the person who's there to be his partner, who's there to be an asset to who he is, and he's to be an asset to who she is, and to be a person made in the image of God. This is what we see. But this is where this sin has crept in and created this. We see him devalue Abimelech. Now, 
There's some language that is, that is used here uh, within this, but, but Abimelech is in a dream. Nothing in, in Scripture points to, um, in, in this moment, that Abimelech having placed his faith in, in the God of Abraham. And what's, what's amazing here, okay, what's amazing here in the life of Abimelech to me and in the life of Abraham as, as he do, does this is just two chapters ago, what we just talked about is Abraham moves from being a man who pleads for the salvation of people. And now he takes Abimelech, and Abimelech is not an object of his prayer, a person of his prayer, but Abimelech is moved to an objectionable person. And that's what sin can create in our lives. That's what sin can begin to build in our lives. So let's keep reading. So Abimelech had this dream. What's he going to do with this? So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all of his servants and told them all of these things. Right, most awkward staff meeting that they'd had in a long time. And the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you, that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you see that you did this thing? And Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is the kindness you must do me. At every place to which we come, say of me, he is my brother. Now, look at what Abraham says, there is no fear of God in this place. How arrogant is that statement? No, no, no. There's a fear. There's an understanding. There might not be a faith that has been placed yet in this moment, but what we see here is, Abraham, where's your fear? Where's your right reverence for God? Where's your understanding of who he is? Where's your value of marriage? Where is this? But this can be what begins to ripple out in a person that is in the lineage of what Christ would come from, the father of our faith in very many ways of what we hold to. But it's what happens in the danger when these little areas of sin are infiltrating our lives. And what we see in this, that the more that it ripples out is the ripple effect of sin in Abraham's life and in our life is oftentimes we hurt, we damage, we destroy our witness to others. Look at what Abimelech says to Abraham in verses 9 and 10. What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you? that you have brought on me and my kingdom great sin. You have done to me things that ought not to be done. 
And Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you see that you did this thing? The Bible calls us to be a witness. To, to, to go from here. And if, in, in Ephesians 2, the, the word would, would be used evidence. Be the evidence of God amongst a people who do not know him. To be a display of the work of the power of God. That he can take busted up, messed up, foolish decision making, sinful people like you and me and do a work in our lives that causes us to be different and to live for his name and his renown. And when we allow this unchecked sin to creep into our lives, what can begin to happen is the negative effect on the mission of God and our place in it. And it continues to spread. In, in Abraham, what we continue to see in him in this moment as well is look at what he does. And a ripple effect of sin is, is a lack of accountability and the danger that it brings. Let's, let's, let's look at what Abraham says in, in, in response. First thing, he, he, blames, he blames Abimelech. Right? Like, have you ever been there and like something happened? You didn't know that it happened, but it happened. And now you're getting blamed for something that you weren't a part of, that you didn't participate in, that you had no knowledge of until this very moment. And now you're sitting there and you're getting blamed. That's Abimelech. Abraham said, there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. There's such a lack of the connection within here, within Abraham, that in his positioning now, what he does is he says, no, 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 Abimelech, you got it all wrong, bud. You got it all wrong. It's your fault. It's your fault. You're the one that created this. You're not righteous, you're not good, you're not holy, it's your fault. Then Abraham blames circumstances. Look, look, look. Which this is this is truth from scripture. She is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Listen, man, here's how this all played out. Not really my fault. These are the circumstances. I just didn't tell you all. I just told you some. Look, man, I'm just a victim like you in this situation. And then Abraham blames God. When God caused me to wander from my father's house. Hmm. You know, God, if you hadn't placed me with her, 
if you didn't place me here, then I wouldn't have responded in the way that I responded. And so God, in this scenario, I'm actually the innocent one and you're the guilty one. Now, we might not say those words, but we've definitely thought those thoughts. We've definitely allowed that to play out. Of God, I, hmm, I'm the reason why, you're the reason why I'm here. You're the reason why I find myself where I am. But God does something incredible. Let's read 14 through 18. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you. And before everyone you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so they bore children. For the Lord had closed all of the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. We leave ripples every day. We think it's a pebble, but man, we're dropping boulders in the pond. And God comes in, in his grace, in his kindness, and he restores. Abraham thought, this is what Abimelech will do, so this is how I will respond. And then God takes a king and speaks to him. And what Abimelech, who has done nothing wrong, in this situation, Abimelech is innocent. But what does God do through Abimelech? Is he restores Abraham. Abimelech did not have to do anything, but he did. And I think about that with us and Jesus. Who's guilty in this story? Abraham. Who's innocent in this story? Abimelech. Who's guilty in your life and mine? We are. Who's innocent in it? Jesus is. Who made the payment for Abraham? Abimelech did. Who made the payment for us? Jesus did. It's the display of the gospel. And that in that, Abraham's restored. 
And in Jesus' payment, we're restored. And we're made new. And we now have right standing with the Father. And then we jump over to chapter 21. We're just going to read a few verses and point us toward when I get back from India. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham and Sarah, would nurse children. Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And God, being the God that made his promise to Abraham, God, the God who walked through the covenant, signing it for him and Abraham. As Abraham went, and made ripples. God remembered. And as Abraham went in from the mountaintop of faithfulness to the valley of unfaithfulness, God remembered. And then God did exactly what God said he would do. And I'm so thankful that in my life, as I walk through and drop boulder after boulder into the ponds that surround me, that God comes and calms the storms that I create, that God comes and remembers the promise of what was made to me through Christ, and that I am His and He is mine. Abraham and Sarah were not given Isaac because they were good. Abraham and Sarah were given Isaac because God is good. And that's the hope that we have. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your repetition of word. I thank you for the truth of your scripture. Lord, I thank you that so many times, Lord, we walk out of a service where we sing praises to you. Our words are filled with life and hope and meaning and promise 
in truth, in joy. Lord, and we walk out of here and we drop boulder after boulder after boulder of sin. And we see, or oftentimes we don't see, I'm sorry, Lord, we, we, do, we don't see what we create. We don't see the damage that is there. And God, forgive us of that. God, forgive me where I sing praises to you and words of destruction to others. Or forgive me where I speak the truth of your word but speak deception to others. Lord, forgive me where I set my heart on you and in other moments set my heart on idols. And God, I pray that that would be the desire that who we are at the mountaintop would be who we are in the valley. There's no doubt, Lord, that Abraham's fear consumed him and he reverted back to a man of little faith. Lord, may we be men and women of faith. The power of the gospel. God, we thank you that in your Son, Jesus Christ, in his innocence, he paid the price. In his innocence, he restored us. God, we thank you that you remember, that you fulfill your promise of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to check back next week for another episode. In the meantime, you can visit us at willowridgechurch.org or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.